Hello, and welcome back everybody to another episode, episode 3 of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Shrum. Thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, uh, we have Manny Francia of Aftershock and now currently The Misfits. Uh, we actually get to hear his story, and uh, it was a real pleasure to talk to him. And uh, I love the fact that we uh, finally get to hear uh, part of his story. So without further ado, here's episode three of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. There we go. All right. All right. So we're recording now and I'll chop it up as I see fit later on, but sure. All right. So welcome to uh relic. Uh, classic pa- yeah, yeah. Classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Shrum. I'm talking to the infamous Manny Franzia. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. Bad Thanks ass. for uh, the invite. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where are you hailing from, man? Where are you at these days? Uh, currently I've been in Louisville, Kentucky for probably the last 10 years. Uh, but I've moved around quite a bit prior to that. Chicago, uh, Indianapolis, California. Right on, man. If I'm moving this around, it's because I've got a real bad mouth breather problem every time until I get (laughs) a better mic. This is uh, really all we got. All right. So, uh, tell us the story, man. How'd you get started in this sport that we all love so much, man? It's probably pretty familiar. Uh, got invited to play recreational paintball. I think I was, uh, end of my sophomore year in high school and uh, a buddy of mine, uh, a couple years older, we played football together. He was getting, um, his, uh, the fraternity that he wanted to rush was doing a paintball outing in, uh, let's see, it was called Knob Creek Gun Range. I don't think they play paintball there anymore. But uh, they had the, I don't know, they probably had like a couple hundred acres worth of woods and got invited. And I tell you what, man, the first game I was hooked. I was, I rented a gun. It was a, a PGP and we had 10 round tubes, uh, CO2 cartridges. And I played for maybe like four or five hours. And from then on, uh, as far as paintball goes, that's all I could think about was when can I play next? So the, the, the- 10 round the, oil, oil balls. You got to roll yeah. it a little bit to make yeah. it a little more even. <laughs> they gave them to us in Ziploc bags. So oh, wow. You, you had to buy, uh, I think you could buy 20 balls, and they gave us 10 round tubes. <clears throat> I know the second time I played, I discovered there was a lo- local sporting goods store in uh, Louisville at the time called Allied Sporting Goods. I walked in, and they had this tiny paintball section, and they sold CalMag. I don't know if you ever heard of CalMag. Yeah, Cal, Cal Magnum, right? Before, yeah, uh, before, the, days of, before the days round, of Pro Bowl and all that. Yeah, 200-round boxes. And, man, I, I'd buy up as much as I could. And I, I ended up shooting or buying a uh, Nelson. It's a Nelson some, Splatmaster, I think is what it was. What it was. It's a green plastic gun with a, a magazine. Yeah, the Splatmaster had the, had the rotating mag on yeah, the top. Had one of those. All right. And I played for years, for a couple of years, Rec, rec ball with that, and then uh, once I got into college, I, I ended up buying my own, uh, like uh, what I considered a real gun, only because it was metal. <laughs> uh, it was uh, a pump gun. Uh, was it a 007? Was it a 007? No. It was, all right. It was. Uh, I don't even think the companies around anymore. You know, there was there were all those spider clones, but it was a, a Razorback three. I don't know. 
I don't know who made them. It was a Razorback 3. It was in my you know pr price range that I could afford while I was a college student. And I bought that. Every every chance I got to play paintball while I was away at college, I did. Uh, just I would just go to a, a rec field. I also went to a college in Kentucky. Uh, but anytime it wasn't track season or football season, I'd get out and uh, and try to play. And I just kept going after that. It was rec ball for, for years. Um, yep. what, what year is this? So let's see. So from 19, I started in 80, 87. Oh, wow. I think is when I started. And then rec ball all the way till I graduated college in 94. And then I wanted to start competing. So there was local tournaments and, uh, you know, once I got out of college, got a, you know, just a part-time job, bought an automatic. That was my first gun. I bought it from uh, smart parts actually. Oh, they have the, the smart box on it and everything. Yeah. It had the smart box, oh. magic, magic box, right? I think it was, called uh, magic I, box. I think so. That and, was, that uh, was like right before I came in. Uh, silver. I mean, I love the color. It was a uh, silver, black, and some gold uh, splash. It's, I mean, just every every piece that, that I could get. And uh, oh, it's, yeah, it's a splash anode. That's what they're always known for. Um, I don't know. You know what? I only bought the valve from them. The the magic box. I actually bought a mag, a standard mag. Started building it up. I had a uh, I had the seal coiled hose attached to the front handle and then all the way back to the magic bar. I mean, this, it weighed a ton, uh, but you know, that's, that's what I started. played a little bit more rec ball right after college. And then I said, I wanted to start playing tournaments. My brother played uh, the club that I played with in Kentucky. I just asked her, I said, who wants to play tournaments? And uh, at first we, it started off with a 10 man team. We went to Ohio uh, and get our asses kicked. <laughs> and then uh, the guys that really wanted to continue playing, they were typically the younger guys. We started playing local five bands and uh, went on from there. You're actually leading into my next question to tell you the truth. It's almost like you're looking over my shoulder here. Uh, how did you get? Uh, how did you get started into competition? So lead it into that, and uh, all the way into obviously uh, for the for the kids that aren't in the know these days. Uh, anybody that's just paying attention to what's going on these days, uh, you you played for teams like uh, we play for Misfits right now, right? I do. Yes. Okay, we'll come back to we'll come back to that and a little okay. bit of the more recent action that we've seen, uh, and then uh, obviously before that was AfterShock, right? Uh, and uh, there's a number of teams that I played for. Uh, I'll be honest, I went back and looked at your APPA, and uh, I was like, oh man, I don't want to have to ask him about all this. Oh, it goes back. Yeah, I, I, I started my own amateur team. Uh, we were called the Phantom Jesters. <laughs> I don't know how we came up with that name. Oh, you know what? I do know. There was a guy on the team that had a, he wore a jester hat, you know, with the with the bells. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And uh, I don't know. Phantom Jesters it was the name we came up with. And we started playing local five bands. Um, the guys that I had, we were doing well. And uh, we started branching out. We would go to World Cup, get our asses kicked there when it was just pro and am. Uh, so we would basically we were paying to play the prelims and <laughs> watching everybody else play. Uh, Zap Amateur Open. Uh, we did that a couple times. We got we were pretty successful there. We got second uh, in the ten man division there. Um, 
and then uh, so that that went on for a few years. After college, I decided to go on to graduate school and was accepted into a program up at UIC, University of Illinois, Chicago. And of course, I wanted to play paintball and I went to the Badlands. Got, I just asked if uh, anybody needed somebody and I started playing on the teams that Aftershock was practicing against. Uh, there was teams like uh, Revolution, The Enemy. Um, oh, The Enemy. Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had my team come up a couple times if I if I knew I wasn't gonna have any to play with, but I would show up there regularly, and uh, it it got to the point where I started to get to know the aftershock guys, uh, particularly uh, Ralphie Ralphie Sotelo, um, longtime aftershock guy, uh, back in the day, uh, going to the store, got started talking to Danny Danny Love, and. Um, you know, I knew the enemy guys, Ronnie Simpkins back then, Mark Fickle, uh, from the Revolution. You know, you had uh, Revolution and Fusion. You had, you know, all those names. Andy Kopcock, Roland Isaacs, uh, Lemansky, uh, Brian Fow. So, you know, I just started meeting these guys. And eventually, there would be those weekends where nobody would show up. Aftershock would be out there, and there might be one other team out there. Like uh, back then, there was the X Men uh, yep. in that area. That was uh, the Aragon Designs team, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, Ron Petrucci's team, um, and you know that was a big program. Uh, and then there was the Field Kids and stuff. But uh, it got to the point where some of the shot guys, if it wasn't a scheduled practice, not all of them would show up because you had the Michigan boys. Um, well, I mean, hell, Robbo was all the way over in like England, right? So England, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, so it, it got to the point where you know there was a full squad of another team. I couldn't jump in, and then after they were like, "Manny, come run with us." It's like, Phew, okay. Uh, so I started running with them for for uh, like a good part of a year, and uh, I remember one particular uh, World Cup. Um, in the final game, Aftershock was playing the uh, LA Ironman on one of the back hyperball fields. This was back uh, when the tournament was held on this giant cow field. I don't know if you, I, I don't know the year. It was, it was a so the, the last time I remember it being on like a giant cow field, uh, my first World Cup was in 99. And I remember having to truck through quite a bit of a cow field to yeah. get to, I went to the one that had the last, the last one that had a wooded field. That. And yeah, there was so the, 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 the moccasins in the woods and the... Yeah, yeah, and you had yeah. to trudge all in the mud and cow crap to get back there. Yeah, so they held that there for a couple of years because we played in the woods. And then they still used that property, and um, but it was all concept fields. Mm -hmm. There was all air ball and there was a hyperball field. Uh, so one year I was uh, at World Cup, my team was out, and we were just watching, and uh, I was hanging around with the aftershock guys and uh they had i was watching their final game along against the ironman they won billy uh, billy and i think mike bruno yeah made these great moves won the tournament they were super happy and i just happened to be standing there and uh and uh, and i congratulated them and then at that point i felt like huh maybe you know they're kind of welcoming me onto welcoming me onto the team because the following year um 
the Michigan boys stopped playing. And that Rennick started picking up like a lot of guys, like Heavy D, Ralphie, uh, Chris Williams, uh, just all these guys. And I was out of practice and uh, I was running with Aftershock, but there was, there was plenty of Aftershock guys already. So there, there was like, maybe there was like 11 or 12 guys. And uh, we were on the original Hyperball field. I forgot who we were playing, but I don't know if you recall the name Dino Yario. I don't know why that sounds familiar. So Dino was a, a longtime aftershock guy. He played baseball super fast, just a great athlete. I remember people saying that in the woods, he runs like a deer. And it's true. The guy, nothing can stop him. <laughs> he was about six foot one. Oh, geez. Just really fast. Um, anyway, we were at the practice and he, something happened. He got injured. He uh, didn't warm up for something. At the beginning of the game, they said three, two, one, go, go, go. He took off. He took like two steps, fell to the ground. We had to stop the game. And, you know, we were checking him out and he ruptured his Achilles tendon. Oh. Just, just completely off of his ankle. Like, oh. His heel bone. Just, it was balled up like a baseball in the back of his leg. And, oh, God. And, I'm sorry to and laugh. I, That's awful. It was terrible. And I was, and I was like, you know, we had to help him off. And uh, he's a tough Italian guy. He's like, fuck it, man. Fuck, I don't care. <laughs> just get to side. I'll be I'm fine. I'm going to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. So he, I know for a fact he didn't go to the hospital. Uh, I don't know why. But anyway, that's the day he stopped playing. And uh, so he was a front guy. And from then on, like all the, the younger Aftershock guys like Danny and, and Billy and Mike and Mikey, they were like, all right, Manny, you're next. I'm like, what do you mean I'm next? You're on. <laughs> Come on. You're practicing. And uh, next week we're going to L.A. I'm like, what? I'm going to L.A.? He's like, yeah, you're going. I'm like, holy shit. And that was my start. Like, oh, wow. Got, Talk about yeah. being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I mean, really, that's that's pro paintball back then. Yeah. If you lived in the city, you practiced with those guys. That's the way original pro paintball was. You know, if you wanted to play for a pro paintball team, you moved to that city. You, you yep. moved close to those guys or you always showed up at the, you know, showed up to their practices and you're consistent. That's all it was. I don't yeah, know what it's, it's like just... today. Uh, I was actually, I don't normally play. I kind of have given up on uh, playing with with electros, so to speak. I'm I'm 41, married. I got four kids, you know, I got a whole nother job and just uh, time. It's funny, like when I was a kid, you know, I could play any time, but I, yeah, I was always broke. But now I actually have like an income, but now I just don't have time. So it's just how it is. But yeah. alluding to, uh, I was actually at NR uh, paintball a couple months ago and uh, like Bill Raber from... Uh, from GZ was out there yeah. and I just had some of my gear uh, ready to go. And uh, it was just out there. It was like cold. It just snowed. Uh, some guys were up for spins and I had all my gear on me. It was like, yo, come on. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, cause that's just how it always is. Like if, yeah. if you're the guy standing by the net, this goes for any kids that are listening. Like, I really, yeah, I, don't, I doubt any kids going to listen to a classic paintball podcast, but uh, yeah, if you're, if you're standing by the net and all your gears ready to go, like it's all yeah. it takes is, one Dino to mess his leg up and you're there, you know, or, you know, just yeah. one guy not show up and they just need an extra body. That's all it takes. That's it's exactly what it was for me. I just have to be right place, right time. And I uh, played well enough that they said, Hey, you're going to, you're going to be playing with us. So I got lucky. Solid, man. 
Um, so what years did you play for Aftershock? Uh, yeah. So did you did you ever play X ball? Uh, I played in the original X ball tournament. Uh, at that at at the Zap event? No, the oh no 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 that the original like tournament it was it was an exhibition tournament held at the disney wild wide world of sports we just won the five man we took first and second in the five man we won 10 man uh at that event and as a matter of fact i think we played the sc ironman for that one and then they said okay now go over to this other field and they had the original x-ball field set up oh geez and it there was no prize at the end. It was all an exhibition. So uh, I remember our first match was against Strange. Um, we had like a one or two more, but I know all of us were exhausted. I was about to say, man, so after like after two five mans and a ten man, and then some X ball, dude. Yeah, so you had to be an athlete to survive that. We didn't. Uh, we didn't go very far in that. I think actually we, we bowed out of that exhibition tournament. Oh, jeez. But uh, after that. I played in, uh, like you, I, you know, I, I had a real job. I had to, I, you know, with only two weeks of vacation. So I actually stepped away from Aftershock and, uh, you know, I told him, I said, I can't, I can't do this. I've got a kid on the way. Uh, I've got a real job. I only get two weeks of vacation. I can't play pro pro paintball anymore. So I ended up playing with, um, shock tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the following year was Vegas. I played the 10 man with shock tech. Uh, and then a couple of like air gun designs, uh, the air gun design team, what did they go by? I, I don't know. It was uh, AGD lions or something. Tom out there sticking his tongue in the gun before every game. <laughs> he was there when he used to show up. Uh, it was an air gun design factory team. I played with um, for a few tournaments. And then after that, um, I actually started my own field in Indianapolis and I just, I couldn't do the big tournaments anymore. Um, so I started playing local tournaments and then you asked if I played expo. Yeah, it was, uh, on the local level. Nice. Nice. Some race two format kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, That's MSXL. Cool. That was okay. the MSXL. The original, yeah. when it, that league, when it became a feeder league to the, the big tournaments and, uh, played that. So, I think if they marketed some, if they marketed that a little bit more, having like that some feeder tournaments that would market for the the divisionals going into like the bigger events. I'm not gonna act like I know anything about logistics or anything like that. Everybody's yeah, always right. asking about how to fix it or make it better or whatever. I don't like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I just play occasional ten man. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, so I guess. Uh, Typically, one of the questions I have for people on the show is like, how do you make it work? Because I can remember being a kid, like the guns are crazy expensive, trying to go yeah. to any kind of practice, any kind of travel, any kind of anything. It's kind of like I'm a lockout geek. Like I used to love hearing stories oh, yeah. about these dudes sleeping like 15 deep in like a, a one bed like hotel room oh, and smelling like, you know, a bunch of groupies that's or whatever. Real, that's the real deal, man. I remember right? those days. Right. Yeah. I mean, I just I, the grunge movement kind of makes me like romanticized about that i think it's funny but uh nonetheless it's still really expensive it's an expensive sport you know that's all there is to it especially when you start playing like x-ball even divisional x-ball is crazy expensive not to mention like what it would take to play pro 
Uh, but you know, you answer the question of how do you make it work? And sometimes like whenever you have responsibilities in real life, you know, you do what you can, you know, but trying to play pro is really hard on, on a family, on a, on a bank account, it you is, know, on yeah. a on person. Um, so I'll tell you what, uh, we talked about that. I had a, had a thought here. I was moving a little bit forward with it. Definitely stonewalled. Um, let's see here. I'll come back to that here in a minute. Um, just completely lost my train of thought on this one. That's all right, man. <laughs> I'll have to. I'm gonna have to chop this up pretty good now. Oh, jeez. Um, okay, I mean, we so were played... talking about uh, so the race two format. I did that for a few years, and uh, I got at my field. I had a field team. I got them going, and uh, the first or it could be the first or second season of the MSXL. Uh, I had a, a couple teams from my field. They went on and they played at World Cup. And my D4 X-Ball team actually won World Cup. And all of a sudden it was like a, like a, you know, a serious thing at my field. And these guys, like you said, they were saving every penny. They were playing when they could. They were scraping together, you know, saving their paint, picking up paint, you know, made sure they didn't waste any. Uh, we practiced reball for gun skills, so we didn't have to go through uh, cases of paint. Well, that's some and, Russian stuff right there. Yeah, you know, I, the the field I had it was just ten acres, and it was a uh, mainly concept fields, a couple airball fields, hyperball, and then you know a, a, rec, a big rec field made out of pallets and spools and a castle and all that stuff. But I had a barn, uh, and in the winter, uh, it was a thirty by uh, 30 by 40 foot barn and we would I put turf on the inside or not turf indoor outdoor grass on the inside flatten it out indoor outdoor it used to be stalls took everything out indoor outdoor uh, carpet we put six bunkers in there we always picked uh, six bunkers and we would one on one oh you just, made a, you just made a murder house huh yeah it was it, I tell you what it, everybody's gunfighting skills shot through the roof i mean that's oh what yeah you made can't. that group of guys so so successful when we continued to play msxl they were just we were all good gunfighters because i mean literally we were like 30 feet away just yeah but shooting. you can't juke that very, very well <laughs> it hurt like it would hit our fingers <laughs> it would hurt oh uh, and in the winter oh geez. yeah it was rough yeah but uh it, yeah so played x-ball i went to cup a few times with them and then you know like you said, it was, uh, it was getting too expensive. I had to run the field and, and I was, you know, helping out the team. So, you know, give them discounts on paint and stuff. So, so I, I just couldn't do, couldn't validate going to these big tournaments and, and add second kid on the way. And, uh, so I stopped, honestly, I stopped playing tournament paintball for, for a couple of years. Yeah. I tried to make one, major tournament a year it's just even if it's for fun or if i, I practice up to you know a, a team asked me and they say hey can you play i said all right i'll practice for a couple months and you know help you guys do well but that was it sounds like icc is about to about to scratch that itch pretty well uh, i mean obviously yeah. except for last year you know yeah rest in peace tim um yeah. got back my train of thought so sure. Uh, you know, all these years on, on Aftershock and 
your field team and then the local area, things like that. Uh, you're on the Misfits, is that correct? Yes. All right, let's talk about that a little bit, and then we'll lead into the ICPL. Uh, All right. The the oven, the oven, as it were. So if you uh, if you haven't interviewed, have you interviewed Rocky yet? I haven't. I haven't. Okay. Uh, I know he's been interviewed a few times. He's definitely our our celebrity. Uh, <laughs> so I've seen him get interviewed all the time and asked him how the misfits start. Uh, when Lane, when the resurgence of Ten Mile. 10-man paintball came back, retro paintball. Mm -hmm. Lane had that tournament in Atlanta. Yep. Do you remember that one? Uh, I forgot what the, I forgot what he called it. So I so I got out of I stopped playing in like 2004. I joined the service, uh, did that for a really long time, got out of active duty, and I really only started playing a couple of years ago, okay. two or three years ago. Have friends that you know played pro, won World Cups, things like that, that were like friends of mine before they ever did that. And so yeah. Ironically enough, after I got out of paintball, they were still my friends. They put, you know, they were kind of, they're still in the scene a little bit. Um, but they were telling me about that one. They were telling me about ICC and things like that. So I kind of got like a pretty okay. good jump back into like what's going on in the world of, of paintball. It kind of blew my mind when like smart parts is gone. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, and all this other stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, that's a whole nother conversation for another time. But uh, yeah, I did, I do know about the, the, uh, event that Lane had put on down in Atlanta. Yeah, he he put on prior to those events. There was the UWL. Remember that United Woods Ball League that Tom Cole was putting on, and I would play with Shock at those whenever they. Uh, Tom would bring it to the Badlands. I would jump in with the old Shock guys, um, or just buddies. You know, you, you, in paintball, you make friends and they're friends forever. And they could have been on different teams, but then you show up to a tournament and they say, "Hey, Manny, you want to play with us?" Like, yeah, sure. Let's go. So paintball is definitely probably 99% of my good friends now are from paintball. Um, most like of, uh, said, most of the friends I have that aren't military are, are, are paintball buddies. Yeah. And it transcends time, doesn't it? Like oh, you, for sure. You, you won't see him for a year and then you, you show up at a tournament. Yeah, all, you know. it's, it's funny you say that, uh, this last ICPL, uh, the one up in Maryland that I went to, um, one of the guys that was on the team, I hadn't seen him in 20 years. Yeah. In 20 years. And he was like, I don't know how to explain that. It feels like it was just six months ago, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Um, all right. So Atlanta, I get a call and, uh, from, uh, Maddie booms. Um, and he's, Hey, he says, Manny, you're going to play the, are you playing at uh, lanes tournament? I was like, no, I haven't been asked. He goes, would you play with us? Like, sure. Tell me when to be down there. And so that was what, 2017, something, 2017, I think. That sounds about right. Was that, I don't know if that was before the first, was that before the first ICC? It was before the first ICC. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, I rode down there, uh, rode down there with some buddies who were playing on different teams, Brimstone, Brimstone Smoke. And, uh, I show up at the, to the event and, uh, so, uh, I see the team and it was, it's full of guys that from my past, Ronnie booms, uh, Barney, Keith roll. Uh, and then of course, Rocky was there. I'm like, Holy shit, I'm playing with you. It's the first time I've ever played tournament, a tournament with him. And, uh, so that was it started with them. And at that time they entered the team as, uh, bib city bad boys. I don't know the, his, the reason for it, but it had something to do with lane. 
And uh, so we played that tournament. I don't know how we did. It was it was fun though. And uh, I think Farside won it. Yeah, Farside won that event. And after that, uh, we realized we had good camaraderie, a good team, and you know everybody was uh, you know really genuine about putting a team together. I was like, all right, what's uh, what's the requirements? And they said maybe practice once a year, and then we'll play the tournament. Like, I'm in. <laughs> if that's all it takes i mean it, it's never just one practice a year but that's the advertisement they give you yeah yeah, yeah. so uh that's where the the next tournament it was the misfits and uh i joined up with them and have been there ever since that uh that tournament that's awesome man it's awesome to uh it's awesome to go from from having a home that you worked really hard to be part of to you know to having another home made up of uh, if not the same guys, at least the, the same like-minded guys and understand a lot about you. That's uh, yeah. that's pretty solid. They, and, and we're all professionals in some regard or some industry or another. Uh, two of us are pharmacists. There's uh, yeah, Keith does, uh, he, uh, he's in real estate. Uh, Booms is uh, investment. I mean, all these guys are professionals. So we understand we don't, we don't put paintball in front of that. Um, most of us have families. So, they're they're all very considerate of that so i think the reason why i enjoy playing for them so much is because there's there's not any pressure and i think that's what leads to some of the success that we have is we don't put a lot of pressure on each other to win games we just say just play play the best you can you know everything works in our favor and uh, you know this this past year i think we got two seconds or something like that uh yeah they got second down in north carolina that was december we in january or february there was rico's event we got second uh, and then so but, yeah it's uh i was going somewhere with this lost it again i'm i'm the worst tonight <laughs> uh <right>. yeah <laughs> i'm just trying to think uh things i'm going to talk to or ask about while you're talking and it's i mean because I mean, we put enough, we put enough pressure on ourselves for sure. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, like, I can't every, like once a month, I'm just waiting to get a call from my team captain. Like, Hey man, you know, we've had fun, but, uh, you're never around. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So they've been really cool about that. Um, uh, yeah, I was supposed to go, I actually went to that, the first CFOA event, um, yeah. put yeah. on, uh, put on my Tyler and all them out there at paintball central, yeah. uh, went to the first one. Uh, I'm, I'm mobilized with the Navy, uh, and just finished the mobilization with the Navy and just went back to a job that had been holding my spot for like two years. Uh, and then the, after they had to postpone the second CFOA event, I was supposed to go and they're like, well, you can go, but you're going to quarantine for a couple of weeks after that. And I just, I was like, I just got back to my job. I can't burn this vacation time. I got four kids. What happens if they get it? Things like that. Right. And it just, you know, one of those things where like you're squeezing your phone while you're talking to them, like I can't make it to the event, guys. I'm sorry, you know, but yeah. you know it's real life, man, and it's you know it is without real life we wouldn't be able to play this game. Yeah, dude, we got, tell me. We, oh, sorry, go ahead. Was, we got a big. Uh, the Misfits has a big roster. I think they carry like, or we carry like uh, 14 or 15 guys. So it's nice, you know. We'll we'll have 10 there, at least 10, um, and then we have we have we've had the fortune of having some guest players uh i think down there at the cfoa last year i, I want to say richie played oh i think i think Janelle i did Chesky read that yeah and may 
I wasn't there. See, I didn't make that event. I think Mike Paxson was supposed to play. That sounds about right. I'm not sure. So I'll make sure to at least say hi to both those guys when I was at ICPL while we were there. Yeah. So speaking of which, let's have a quick conversation about that. My phone is chewing up battery, and this is like sure. the only thing I've got going on. Um, I should have plugged it in beforehand if I was responsible, but here we are. Um, so let's uh, talk about ICPL. Thoughts on ICPL? Uh, let's see. Other than other than it was hot. Uh, very hot, uh, <laughs> but that, you know, if if Mother Nature wasn't working against uh, us in some form or another, it wouldn't be paintball, right? It wouldn't be a paintball event. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trying to murder I, everybody. Yeah, that that Maryland event. Uh, those fields were interesting. Very interesting. Um, that bat, the big bat backwoods field incredibly uneven you uh you either had to you know run down the field and die on your guns or you had the good side <laughs> yeah i kept getting shot in the face from places i never thought i'd get shot yeah. in the face from everybody's uh, asking me why i'm getting upset <laughs> the trench field was a lot of fun I, I had a great time there um it uh it was interesting and, and of course the hyperball field that was an oven I crawled 30 yards in a ditch on that field. Uh, not So there's the side that faced the woods and there's the side that faced like where Hyperball was. We yeah. got the side that faced the Hyperball. I got in and there's, I don't know if you knew, there was like a little like nook at, around like close to the 50 yard line that had a big yeah. pile of brush right next to it. Yeah. I crawled 30 yards and nobody saw me, got in there and shot at somebody scared the hell out of him some dude just ran up and stuck three right in the back of my head oh <laughs> and none of them broke yeah i you're right i know exactly what you're talking about i played the middle of the field once uh towards that center house and then but mostly i was up on the on the other tape that spectator tape where everybody's walking yeah. past yeah uh, playing in those ditches that, that was a lot of fun that was definitely the most uh, original field I've played on in quite some time. So I will go ahead and say that I hated playing that field, but I will yeah. agree that it was super it original. Was tough. Yeah, it's. Uh, it was so hot. I got about halfway through the crawl, and I just laid on like one side of that ditch and just like <laughs> leaned my gun over. I was like, if I, I don't care if I get shot, this is way too hot. And yeah. then eventually convinced myself to crawl the rest of the way. But yeah, just the crawling was exhausting, wasn't for it? For a couple of seconds, I was like, I don't care. Yeah. But, I was curious. I was wanting to hear somebody else's, somebody else's take on it. And then they had like the the five and a half man, a hyperball <laughs> field that we played ten people on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the the, the uh, trench field was interesting. Thank God we had masks on so they couldn't see how heavy I was breathing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the, the hyperball field. I, that was just so hot. Just. Oh yeah, think, just radiating. Yeah, just the heat coming up off the turf. Um, but you know, I like that feel. I like. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, it was a lot of fun for sure. Uh, yeah. So that's ICPL. Uh, two more questions, and I'll get out of your hair, and hopefully my my uh, my phone hangs in there for a little bit. Sure. Um, do you ever have? And this is going to be any paintball player can probably relate to this. Do you have one that got away? And by that I mean, is there a gun that you wish you never sold? Because I'll tell you right now, I geek out about seeing that SFL E-Mag that you had for a long time. Because I'm, um, I'm an old school mag enthusiast. And so every time I see that, it makes me, it goes on my on my wish list. 
that that mag that I told you that I bought, my very first one, I mm -hmm. still have it. Oh wow! I still have it. Yeah. Congrats to that, man. Uh, it has. I remember sending the rail off and the and at the time I had a T stock. I sent that off the Carter machine. That that's an old name that people don't hear about anymore. Carter machine used to do the first customized milling. And uh, I mean, so Carter's responsible for like the first quarter of dye even existing. So yeah, yeah. The, the buzzard, I think that's what it's called. The, the, the giant pistol, it's, it's famous, but uh, I still have that gun. I, I've, I couldn't tell you how many mags I've had since then. Um, so you had an auto mag with a T stock. Yeah. Well, I used so you have to, you have to rock them like a Pollock. Oh, with the remote. remote. Yeah. yeah. I had You're... the unique pack with it turtle pack that had the giant ass 114 on my back oh nice oh, yeah. you had air with that with that yeah. gigantic like steel football uh up armageddon not armageddon the apocalypse the apocalypse tanks yeah oh, oh, I, I, remember I had one of those yeah the oh they were steel. so heavy so heavy yeah and then the knob you could barely turn you had to use a wrench sometimes oh yeah you had to get something like pick up a stick and like use that yeah. to turn it on and off oh uh -huh. talk about so, nostalgic a lot of mags since then uh I'll be honest, I, have, I only have two left. Uh, that one is still on my wall, my original mag with the magic box, and the coiled hose and all that stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a museum piece. Um, and then the current mag that I still use is, uh, is kind of a Frankenstein gun um, where it had some of the, the aluminum valve, level 10, ultralight trigger, uh, the ULE body. So it, it's parts that... Uh, Tom K, when he was still part of Aragon Design, he gave me and I put together that gun. And I, that's my backup when we go to I'll, tournaments. I'll be honest. I thought I saw, I want to say I thought I saw you playing with a, uh, with an EMAC. Yeah. Uh, but then whenever I saw some, some photos later on that they had actually, the, the event coordinators had taken, they took really good photos um, at ICPL. Uh, and I saw that, you know, I, I saw the telltale, like, uh, valve on whatever gun you're using the mag. I was like, yeah. oh, he's still rocking the mag. All right. I still use the mag. I think it shoots great. And it's, it's so you know you, you shoot something for 20 years. It's it's natural. But uh, I started shooting an emac uh, mainly because I'm really good friends with Simon Simon uh, Stevens. Uh, back when he was just when he came over and he was really tight with Tom K. Helped design the the CNC. Uh, Emag and then uh, a little helped bit to do with the SFL, I think. But, helped him with uh, the warp loader too, didn't he? Yeah, the warp loader is instrumental in making so many innovative products that are used today. Uh, I've heard loaders. I've heard nothing but good things about that guy, and I'll be Simon's, honest, I've got he's a incredible. I've got a, a Stella barrel on my Emag just just because of that. Yeah, he's he's, uh, a, he's friends with a, a buddy of mine named Will. Uh, we'll get into that later, but. Um, but yeah, he he's a, a he's an engineer. I mean, he is a legit engineer. So you know that. I mean, I put confidence in his stuff because I know his background. He's not just hey, look what I came up with and try it out. It's you know I measured this. This is I've tested it. I've gone through it. Okay, but uh, at one of the World Cups, um, I played with uh, Todd Adamson. Uh, I think there was two World Cups ago. Yeah, two World Cups ago, we played the ten man. Moundsfield with the uh, uh, retro guns and uh, I was shooting a mag then and uh, I started shooting Simon's barrel and I was impressed with it. Uh, 
you know, ran into him a few times at the tournament. He goes, have you ever thought about shooting an EMAC? I'm like, I, I, I haven't heard anything bad about him. Sure, I'll try it out. And he was coming out with that body, that, that really light body. And uh, that's, that's the big thing with me is everything that I carry, you know, is I try to make it as light as possible. You know, everybody sees like, well, what the hell are you going to, it doesn't matter. You're strong, whatever, you're young, whatever. Shouldn't I'm like nah. Doesn't matter, and you get worn out when carrying yeah. stuff that's heavy over time. There, there's reasons why in every sport, technology and weight is, you know, comes to the top. Yeah. You're talking race cars, anything, any sport, and I think the same goes with paintball. If you can move and be quicker and move faster with whatever equipment you're using, that's it's going to make you better. And uh, Simon says, "Shoot, would you shoot an EMAC with, with all my parts?" I said, "Yeah, sure." And, started shooting his his stuff when the AMEC came out i knew it was only a matter of time before technology actually caught up with with paintball and i think that's kind of where the emac is as far as like what you're getting for what you pay for like that's oh, just yeah. like that's where those two meet but i'm not doing this for planning the clips i'm just speaking for my own from my own gear yeah. bag but um hey man uh you know we're I just keep waiting for my phone to die. But before I do that, I did not want to take away a chance for you to uh, give a shout out to uh, to all the people that you know were were there for you, were were instrumental or you know sponsors, anything like that. So uh, or even you know whoever sponsors Misfits, your JT team, right? We're a JT team. Uh, okay. We do shoot uh, GI Paint, so there's another big sponsor. Um, we I don't think we have any Hopper sponsors now. But Simon uh, Stevens from Inception Designs, he's he's one of my main sponsors. Uh, I think he, he makes great stuff and uh, he listens to the players. So shout out to him. Um, I mean, I, honestly, I think I to start my paintball career, I had to like shout out Danny Love. Uh, without him, I don't think I would have been invited to, to play paintball back then. Um, of course, Rennick Miller with Aftershock for, you know, for allowing me to give me a chance to play at that level for a few years. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I know he's not in it anymore, but Tom K from Airgun Designs. Uh, incredible, incredible man. Uh, just the stuff he does is amazing. But when I was playing paintball, he, you know, because I shot a mag, he was like instrumental in making sure I had the best stuff that he makes. And so I wouldn't be where I'm at. I mean, I don't think I'd get an interview from you if you if you didn't say you shot a mag. Like, I've yeah. been I've been playing the game long enough to know to know good quality players whenever I see them. So <laughs> you, uh, uh, Alex Quaz from Fight Club. Before I started this, I sent him a list. And I was like, these are all the people I want to talk to, and you're on that list. So uh, you know, thanks for thanks for being an inspiration for you know for us, uh, you know, for all the kids that are watching today and and uh, checking out the the ICC stuff and the ICPL or whatever it's, um, uh, you know, it's, it's history. You know, a lot of people watch ESPN and talk about stats and stuff like that, but that's part of why I'm doing this because there's a lot of history to, uh, you know, a lot of guys that are on the field today that, that some people just don't know, you know, and it's a lot of people are instrumental like yourself and, and just being cornerstones of these teams. And, um, it, it sucks whenever someone's a really good player and they don't get a fair shake as far as, you know, I'm not going to say like everybody deserves a front page of a, of a paintball magazine or something like that, but they at least need to be uh, acknowledged. Yeah, so I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Cool. Uh, looking forward to ICC. Hopefully I'll see you there. For sure. Yeah, yeah I'll we'll be, be uh, I'll be playing with the veteran team there and then uh, to. 
yep, I'll be with Veteran awesome. Militia guys. And then uh, at uh, the Windy City, I'll be uh, I'll be back with my my regular team, uh, Tantrum, out of North Carolina. Okay. And uh, you know, I still shopping for uh, for plane tickets for that one. But uh, <laughs> hey, man, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, it's gonna take yeah. a day or two for the smile to come off my face. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, you know, uh, we'll see you out there. And uh, take it easy, brother. All right, man. I appreciate it, man. All right, better. Right, see you next time. We'll do. See you tomorrow. Hey, welcome back. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed interviewing Manny. Tune in in the future for more stories and more on Relic, a classic paintball podcast.